It's not about just launching a new e-commerce site. It's also about taking a look at your existing e-commerce site and making changes. You know, in the e-commerce world, you can't just set it and forget it. You have to be constantly evolving. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Retail Coffee Break. I am your host, Nick McHenry, and today I speak with Michelle Salerno of Celerant, one of the leading POS and e-commerce providers in retail today. And we speak about what it was like to, well, help retailers completely reimagine their business over the last 12 months and what that's been like. So I hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining another episode of Retail Coffee Break. I am here with Michelle Salerno of Celerant. She's the marketing director. We're going to talk about all things retail, retail technology, and we're super excited to have her. So thanks for joining, Michelle. Good morning, Nick. Thanks. So why don't you just give the audience or anyone who doesn't know, what does Celerant do? What's your role there? And tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. So at Celerant, we are a retail software provider. So we really like to consider ourselves a one-stop shop for retailers. We help them better manage their entire brick and mortar business. So by that, I mean, not just point of sale, but a full ERP, inventory management, reporting, analysis, store transfers, if you have multiple store locations. But one of our biggest differentiators has always been our online capabilities. So not only do we manage their entire brick and mortar, but we also offer a fully integrated e-commerce solution where we can create their website for them. We integrate with different distributors for online feeds and different things like that. And so, and it even help them sell beyond just their own e-commerce. We offer online marketplace integrations like with Amazon, Walmart, eBay. And more recently, we offer a full team of digital marketing specialists. We have our own email marketing platform and SEO services. So we don't just help retailers get into the online world. We actually help them post go live and help them drive business to their website and their brick and mortar store as well. Wow. So I mean, you start with the whole, that's a lot to unpack, <laughs> but, you, but like, I mean, obviously like let's call a spade a spade with what's happening. You know, we have this thing called COVID everything was locked down, you know, retail was locked down and opened back up. You started by saying we help brick and mortar retailers. And then you went in this whole new thing, which is e-commerce and helping them more importantly, like actually succeed there. I, I'm going to assume that you guys saw a lot of growth last year in that category of helping retailers get up and running there. Yeah, absolutely. So actually at Celerant, the online piece, the e-commerce piece, that's not so new for us. Right. I think we launched our first. So first we're in the game for 21 years. So right. we're not new to the game. Our e-commerce, I think we launched our first integrated e-commerce back in maybe 2000. 2005. And so as a company, you know, we've always offered that omni-channel, you know, is the buzzword solution. That said, of course, the last year has just escalated that tenfold. I would probably say that before COVID, maybe 60% of our retailers had our e-commerce as an add-on. And now I would say that number is probably closer to 80, 80% wow. or more. But what's interesting is all the newer clients who are joining with us, every single one has also purchased e-commerce where that used to not be the case. They would maybe add it on later or just focus on the brick and mortar side. And now for sure, the shift is is the e-commerce is the driving factor. And then the point of sale, of course, they're doing with it just so that they're, they have a single solution for their entire business. Right. So was that 40% that wasn't buying your guys' e-commerce solution? Did they not have e-commerce at all? Or were they switching off of an existing e-commerce pl- provider and going to you guys? Yeah, I would say it's probably a mixed bag. Uh, we did have a good percentage of those retailers who just didn't even have e-commerce yet. Or a good, a good number of them had a website where it was more of like an informational website. They weren't mm-hmm. actually selling products on their site. And then, of course, there's some scenarios 
scenarios where they had a third-party e-commerce site. It just wasn't integrated. And by the way, we do also offer integrations to third-party. So like if they have a Shopify site or a WooCommerce site, we can also integrate our solution, our brick-and-mortar solution to their third-party e-com. Got it. So you basically have a, a stance of like, we have the solution, you can absolutely use it. But if you have a already built out site, totally no problem. We can work with that. No problem at all. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that's important, you know, from our perspective, just from a business sense at Celerant, we're really all about giving options. So, you know, we don't want to tell any one retailer how they have to run their business. We want to present them with different options and then they can choose what works best for their business. Of course, we prefer that they purchase a Celerant e-commerce site. We build them a custom site from the ground up. It's integrated with a single database and all of that because there's a lot of value in that. But if they love their existing e-commerce site and they just don't want to change, well, then we have third-party integrations. So at least they're having an integrated omni-channel experience. What do you think is the hardest part for retailers? Because I mean, we work with similar retailers as you guys do, brick and mortar retailers that were brick and mortar first and then online came at some point in their business as an added factor to that. What do you think is the hardest part for retailers about e-commerce? Is it just getting the site live? Is it maintaining it, driving traffic? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's twofold. I think initially the hard part, at least from our experience, the hard part for any retailer who's launching a new e-commerce site, they have two challenges initially. The first is finding all the product data. They know the products they want to sell, but they don't have the product images. They don't have all the product descriptions. Just collecting all of that product data and then uploading it and adding it to the e-commerce platform can take a really long time. And then another challenge is creating their website text taxonomy is what we call it, but really it's just their website department structure. So, you know, framing that out, building that on the e-commerce site. And so what, you know, what we've done is we've tried to simplify the process. So we have integrations with distributors. We have, at this point, we have a lot of different distributors that we work with and we're eager to add on more. So what we're doing with the distributors is we're integrating. So we're pulling their product feeds. So we're pulling their product images, the product descriptions, the web copy, and most importantly, their available product on hand so that you can do drop shipping and that sort of stuff. But we're using those distributor product feeds and at Celerant, we're building the e-commerce sites and we're populating the retailer's website with all the product data directly from their distributor. So we're making the process just a lot faster. And depending on the vertical, we've also created like standardized website department structures, which the retailers can choose to use. Or of course, they can build their own custom department structure as well. They may even use ours initially just to get live faster. You know, through COVID, it's, it's been amazing. We've had websites go live in as little as seven days, which prior to COVID just was never a realistic. It wasn't a in a, an achievable task, but you know, with COVID, everything changed. So retailers may use our pre-built website department structure. And then as phase two, go ahead and create a custom one. So we're, again, we're just about giving options. We try to make it easier and more efficient, and then they can take it and run with it and change it later. Wow. So the distributor side of things is really interesting. So loosely, I know it's going to be a, a vague average, let's say. So you're bringing in the distributor feeds from whatever they have proc photos, whatever they have the descriptions of, if I'm understanding correctly. Mm-hmm. And those are going live on the retailer sites, correct? Yes. Okay. So loosely, what percentage is a retailer able to cover traditionally through that mode? I know a lot of retailers we work with are trying so hard with their vendors or distributors to get images or descriptions. Mm-hmm. Like, How much of that are you able to actually get from the distributor for an average retailer's mix? Let's say they have like whatever, you know, 5,000 SKUs or whatnot. How much are you able to cover just from straight from the distributor through your channels? 
Uh, we actually have clients who who their entire e-commerce site is oh. populated only from distributor feeds. So, and again, we you know we provide the options. So, if a retailer wants to sell products, merchandise that they stock and they carry in the store, they can do that. And then they can also pull products from the distributor feeds, and they can sell both on their website. And then our e-commerce sites know, okay, well, if a if a consumer purchases this product, it came from a distributor, and so the the order has to go to the distributor to drop ship. Versus if they purchase this product, the e-commerce platform knows, okay, well, that's going to the retailer. They're going to fulfill at the store because it's something they have in stock. But we have clients who who do a mix. You know, we have some customers who their entire your e-commerce site is fully populated by distributor feeds and all the product data is pulling from their distributor. And it doesn't only have to be one, it could be two or three distributors and they're picking and choosing, you know, what they want to stock and sell from the different distributors. But the whole concept is endless aisle. You know, they can sell so many more products and much wider product lines on their e-commerce site than maybe they can sell in the store because they're not stocking the merchandise. They're not even fulfilling it in some cases because it's being drop shipped from the distributor. Right. Now that's super, super interesting. So do you guys have software on your end then to fulfill the dropship, like the invoicing process or the shipping process? Or is that completely on the distributor to manage? Yeah. So uh, great question. So when the order is placed on the e-commerce site, love the cat, by the way. <laughs> When the order is placed on the e-commerce site, the site, our site will know if it's an order that needs to be sent directly to the distributor to then fulfill. And then they fulfill it on their side. And then they bill the retailer separately that the billing and the invoicing is not done within our software. That's something that's handled separately between the retailer and their distributor, as always. If the order that's placed on the e-commerce site is coming from the retailer and the retailer has to fulfill it, then our e-commerce site is automatically pushing that order to the retailer so that the retailer knows, okay, I have a new order. I have to fulfill it. And then they can pick, pack and ship it right at the store or the warehouse or whatever. Got it. Got it. Got it. No, it's super interesting. So let's change gears a little bit, Michelle. And let's talk about the store side. So obviously, you know, retail in the last 12 months, brick and mortar specifically has gone through a lot of changes, a lot of adaptation. What's been, I guess, the biggest landslide change that you've seen besides e-commerce being an added element to the brick and mortar side of things? Yeah. You know, I mean, so much has changed. And what I find really interesting is the retail industry was already changing, especially in regards to retail technology. It was already changing so much and so quickly. And now this past year, it's just, it's, it's just escalated that so much faster. So on the brick and mortar side, I mean, there's a lot of different things that we can talk about, but again, not to tie it back to e-commerce, but I'm gonna, (laughs) because, you know, what I've seen or what we've seen at Celerant is the biggest change is the whole buy online pickup, either in-store or curbside. So it's kind of tying the e-com world with the brick and mortar. But, you know, whether it's, you know, one thing we've offered at Celerant, which we created just this past year, is a concept called the virtual store. So not to divert, but I'll just get into what this means because it's a it's a really cool concept. So we had a customer called Eblins. Uh, they're an urban like streetwear, you know, soft goods, uh, apparel, yep. footwear. And so they have, I can't remember, maybe 50 or 60 stores or so in all urban areas. And they had our e-commerce site, but it wasn't set up yet to do buy online same day pickup in store. So they needed a really fast solution to be able to serve their local communities. And their e-commerce just was not set up yet to do that. Of course, we have the capability to do that, but it's a bigger project and they just hadn't done it yet. And frankly, they didn't have the time because they needed something quick. I mean, you know, when COVID hit, stores shut down, they needed to reach their customers and still sell. So what we created for them, we called the virtual store. And what it does is it actually took their inventory at each store location and it pulled it from the point of sale, our point of sale database in that store. And it took what was currently in stock in that store location and flipped it to an online storefront. 
And literally the retailer did nothing. We pulled the data from the point of sale brick and mortar and flipped it to an online storefront. So the consumers can go to their website and they can order on their regular website and have it shipped and, you know, get it a couple of days later. Or they could choose a new big option on the homepage that says, you know, shop our local store, same day pickup. You click on it. You would select which store location you wanted to shop in. And then once the consumer clicked on that store location, behind the scenes, our software automatically pulled all the available products at that specific store location, flipped it to an online storefront where they can then make the purchase. And then the only option was because the way Eblins wanted it was uh, curbside pickup or in-store pickup. And then they would actually, you know, pay for the item online and then go to the store to pick it up curbside or go obviously same day in-store pickup. So just being able to offer new technology like that, giving the ability for Eblins to serve all their different local communities to be more competitive and continue selling even when customers maybe didn't feel comfortable going in the store or of course the store was closed. So different things like that. I mean, that's what I've seen. The retailers that are innovative and that are agile and, you know, want to come up with new ideas. You know, we at Salomart, we're eager and happy to work with them and help them achieve whatever they need to achieve uh, to help them be more successful. And that's not easy to do, right? I mean, like it seemed like you stated so eloquently about like, okay, the inventory was pulled from the store. It was flipped online, multiple locations. That's a hard thing to do, you know, to get inventory. I mean, without a system like you, that's really end to end, it's hard to get it to sync that smoothly sync in real time and, and really get that to actually accomplish. Yeah. How long did it take you to lot like, like to get them up and running on a project like that loosely? So, you know, I'm not sure the exact timeline. I'd have to check with our e-com sure. uh, director, but I think it was within, I don't want to misspeak, but I think it was within a month or so uh, that we were able to, you know, have that exploratory conversation and, you know, figure out exactly what they were looking to do. And then it was our e-com director who, who just, you know, came up with the idea and said, well, this is what we can do. And, and then we just put it into action. You know, one other thing that we did pretty quickly, actually much faster than that, because it was just not as comprehensive as that was, because that was a bigger project. Yeah. But it was, again, just through conversations with our retailers, you know, the real need last March uh, for curbside pickup. And so our clients were doing curbside pickup. They were attempting to do curbside pickup. But once you start to get a lot of orders, it could get really messy and confusing. And, you know, of course, you put the sign in the parking lot and everyone's calling in and, you know, but when you have enough orders, it can be a really unorganized process. So one thing that we did really quickly, which actually only took, I think, a week, is we created what we now call our curbside pickup application. And it's really a text message notification system. So as soon as an order is placed on the e-commerce site, if your consumer, if your customer selects curbside pickup, that order is automatically put into the curbside pickup application. And so if I'm the retailer and I'm in the store, I get an alert on my phone or my email or however they want it set up so that I'm made aware that, okay, there's a new order. I can go and prep the order, you know, put it in a box or, or pack it up. And then once the order is ready for pickup, then I just click the button and it then sends an automatic text message and or email to the consumer, letting them know, you know, come pick up the order. It's ready in store or at the curb or in the parking lot or wherever you want them to pick it up. And then the consumer can drive to the store. And then once they're at the curb, they just have to click the link within their text message. And it just says, you know, I'm ready, I'm outside. And once they click that link, it then alerts the clerk inside the store. And then they know that Michelle is sitting outside waiting for their order. So it's really just a text message notification system just to make the process much more organized right. and streamlined. And so that we developed literally in a week. And then, you know, through, through the thick of COVID, we were offering it to our retailers at no charge. And so that was something that was just, you know, really helpful. And still to this day, I do think that even once we get through COVID, that these new concepts are not going to go away. I think people have now become used to being able to order online and I can go pick it up in an hour and not have to wait three days for it to ship. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I mean, the customer expectation has also been, you know, 
increased rapidly in terms of what they you know want to experience with buy online, pick up in store, and so on and so forth. And the technology, by the way, sounds amazing. I think I wish all of my stores had something like that in place. <laughs> but how have you seen? I mean, there's a technology side which you guys have done a great job with. You know, the texting and getting them set up logistically to to fulfill these things. But on the store side, for stores that have traditionally been servicing their customers in person, you know, they're used to waiting for foot traffic to walk in the door, ring them out, and service them in that way. They now have this dichotomy change where they have to be fulfillment people. They have to manage the curbside pickup. Have you seen your stores have to you know, manage that or have to kind of go through that like change in the way that they work as well? Yeah. I mean, it's, change is never easy, especially in the retail industry. You know, re- Retailers just don't like change. I mean, it, that's just the way it is. And so you know, I think it varies greatly depending on the retailer. I think that certain retailers have struggled probably more so than others. You know, We have some clients like Tootsie's, I'll use as an example. I know they're a great customer of yours as well. Yeah. They move quickly and they like to think out of the box. And you know, as soon as they saw this coming, they were already thinking, well, what can we do? How, you know, how can we change our process? And, you know, they very quickly, I think they had got iPads and had our software on the iPads. Again, I'm going back to the technology because that's where I live and breathe. But it's thanks to the technology that they were able to equip their their store associates with the technology that they could even take home so they could still service their customers and still upsell and, you know, clientele and reach out to customers from home, even if they themselves weren't in the store. So I think, you know, to go back to your original question, I think it 100%, it was a huge change for everybody. I mean, that's obvious. Different retailers, I think, adjusted differently and were able to to take on the change in, in different ways. Yeah, no, I mean, I, t- I totally agree. It's, it's just, I think a constant flow, I think. I mean, from my side, one of the things that I've been excited to see is just retailers learning how to, I'll say how to innovate, but how to adapt. I mean, yeah. before, to your point, it's been such a slow moving industry. We've had the luxury of, I guess, not having to move this fast. And now like they sort of learn this kind of like skill of, okay, how can we change things really quickly and test things? Well, because now uh, they have no, now there's no yeah, choice. Yeah, you have to, you know, otherwise. You change or, yeah. Exactly. Like a good example would be, you know, contactless payments. Right. So contactless payments, you know, Apple Pay, Google Wallet, that's not new. I mean, it's new-ish, right? But it's not new from COVID new. But prior to COVID, even though we offered it and, and you know, it's something that's been out there, it wasn't, it hasn't been implemented. And so, you know, that's a great example of something that was already made available, but just wasn't implemented. And so now more and more retailers are saying, okay, well, let me learn more about this. Let me find out if my software provides this, you know, and of course, it's not just the point of sale provider that has to offer it. It's the credit card processor. It's your credit card hardware device. And there's a lot of factors. So, but more retailers now are starting to explore contactless payments because they're just trying to figure out, well, how can I make my in-store experience safer and more contactless? And so, you know, having contactless payments, you know, just makes it that at least makes the sales transaction a bit more contactless. Yeah, no, absolutely. So overall, I guess like looking forward to this year, what are you the most excited about in terms of changes that you think are going to stick or changes that are going to continue to develop the rest of 2021? Well, I'm excited to get back to trade shows. <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs> I mean, I'm related to the store experience. I'm excited to have our client conference back in person again. You know, we are doing it virtual again this year, unfortunately, but in 2022, we'll be back in person. You know, I'm, I'm excited to just have that in-person relationship again with our customers, our partners, with you guys, you know, and all that. But as far as just, you know, retail technology and, and all that we have going on, I think, you know, I'm most excited about the big shift to e-commerce, the digital shift. You know, it's been really, really interesting this past year. You know, we don't just service one market. 
So yeah, we started in soft goods 21 years ago. You know, actually it was urban wear, apparel and footwear, but we've morphed so much over the 21 years. You know, I'm with Selling right now a little over 15 years. And so, you know, we've gotten involved in a lot of different markets, you know, whether it's sporting goods or, you know, hardware shops or, you know, specialty stores, even hunt camp fish. And it's been really interesting this past year to see how this whole situation has affected these different markets in so many different ways. And each vertical is is really affected so differently. But one thing that has been consistent across the board has been all of these different markets, you know, pushing with e-commerce, adding on e-commerce. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that 60% of our customers before COVID already had e-commerce. Well, a lot of those websites were maybe five years old, 10 years old. I mean, gosh, we have some websites that are even older than that. So it's not about just launching a new e-commerce site. It's also about taking a look at your existing e-commerce site and making changes. You know, in the e-commerce world, you can't just set it and forget it. You have to be constantly evolving. So revamping e-commerce sites, you know, changing the site navigation, making it easier for your customers to find your products, implementing things like curbside pickup, you know, digital marketing, SEO services. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It's just in the digital world, there's so much that the retailers can do. And, you know, at Salamant, we're happy to help them, you know, literally every step of the way. And from our perspective, you know, we try to make it easier for the retailers because instead of like, yeah, they can use constant contact for email marketing. They can hire a third-party SEO company. They can hire all these different people, but it gets confusing when you're working with all these different people. And then, you know, when you're working with all these different people, what happens when things break? then they're all blaming each other, you know? So, you know, our stance is a little bit different. We're like a one-stop shop. We're your single service provider who can kind of help you with everything. And, you know, if something's not working, then, you know, we only can fix it. So, you know, moving into this year, you know, seeing more of our retailers adapt and take on more of these digital services and digital offerings that we offer is, is what I find most exciting. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with so many of the things that you just said. Okay. Final three questions. This is like the rapid fire round. It's kind okay. of about you specifically, personally, not Celerant. This is the Michelle you know, moment, let's say. Oh gosh. Okay. No, no pressure whatsoever. <laughs> okay. So what is your favorite retail store to shop at? Oh, well, let's see. That has changed over the years, you know, considering now I now have four children. <laughs> But I would say probably at one point it was Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom's. And these days it's more Macy's. Awesome. What is one thing in your house slash closet you bought at a retail store that you just cannot live without? Well, pre-COVID, I would say my skinny jeans. And (laughs) currently now with COVID, it's my leggings. (laughs) I think most of America would agree with that statement. In one, yes, but one I, do, shape or form. I do hope that in a couple of months, I'll get back into my skinny jeans. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. We're all in that same boat pre-spring summer. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then what in one sentence is why you love working in retail or working with the retail industry? In one sentence. That's hard for me because I talk a lot. <laughs> one to two sentences. <laughs> So I love working in this industry because, you know, and of course I'm more on the technology side, but it's really interesting, especially this past year, it's just been really interesting. And I genuinely enjoy helping retailers run their business better. It sounds cheesy, but it's true. You know, especially this past year, they've needed a lot of help to continue to get marketing out. And, you know, me, of course, in my role in marketing, it's just been really enjoyable helping teach the retailers because they know retail, they know their products. They may not know that much about marketing per se. So just help them better market their businesses, whether they buy our services or not, and then giving them the tools and helping them understand the value in, in technology and, you know, helping them learn how to better adopt to that, to better run their business, you know, this past year and also just moving forward as well. Awesome. I love that. It's a great place to end. 
I completely agree with everything you said. You brought so many great points, Michelle. So thanks you so much for coming on the show. Super good luck with everything you're working on right now. And I'm, I'm super excited to see what Celerant does the rest of this year. Well, thank you, Nick. And it's great to be partnered with you guys. Uh, we are one of our great new partners this year in new integrations. So we're excited Aww. to move forward and have a lot of successful shared customers. Likewise, completely agree. Thanks, Michelle. Appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Retail Coffee Break. We will catch you next time.